This episode of the Boss Rush Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support the Boss Rush family of podcasts, head to bossrush.net or our Patreon at patreon.com slash bossrushmedia. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Boss Rush Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Laurent Dawkins. Hey, what's poppin'? Back. Back. From his back. Once again. Once again. Back. Guess who's back? Tell a friend. <laughs> hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, Laurent. I missed you. I missed you. I missed you guys. I missed you too, Laron. I missed you so much. I, I hurled accusations in our text chat. <laughs> you did. Laron's <laughs> mad at me for some reason, and I still don't know why. And so. I'm just confused. <laughs> also joining us is the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov, getting ready to go on vacation. Yes, I am bringing my spawn with me to Super Nintendo World. Mm. Oh, you so <laughs> I think we call them Koopas. There. Let me tell you something. The experience of packing for a trip with a child is like no other. He's like, I'm going to bring these three stuffed animals and my Minecraft book that's 10 pounds. I'm like, no, this is not how you pack. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Koopas, I, I finally saw the Super Mario movie, but we can get past the intros and all. Uh, yeah, first, I know. still got to introduce... PK Power, Pat Klein is here. Yeah, I'm 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 part of this. He's yeah, here. I didn't, I'm here. I, I wasn't trying to discount you. That's why I said I, we'll I, get we'll get through the intros. That's why I said I that. I may Come be on. like you know Milwaukee may be covered right now in a very thick smog, but I am behind that smog. So is Ohio, man. I could hardly breathe, and my eyes burn real bad right now. It's awful. It's uh. Yesterday it got up to almost three hundred on the uh, on the scale, which is considered hazardous. Yeah, I don't know what it is here. My wife sent me a picture, and it's purple. Very unhealthy, is what it says. Jeez, two seventy two is what it was today, midday. So, yep. my eyes were burning when I woke up. Like I thought I was crying, and I don't didn't know why. And then I went outside, and it was like, it was like on fire. It was awful. Yeah. So. Anyways, for Thanks, those of you who don't, yeah, for those of you who don't know, as of this recording, Canada is on fire and it's drifting down into the the Midwest. So uh, Pat and I are getting it. Yep. Canada's giving it to good, us. We're not talking about the good fire either, hmm. or the fun fire. Hmm. We're talking what? about the bad fire. Hmm. Yeah. Get some cream. It burns. Uh. Anyways. This is the first time the whole crew's been back in a in a long hot minute. We have too many guests, too many cool guests. Not enough time, vacations. not enough time for ourselves, you know? Vacations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes both. So, anyways, glad I'm glad you guys are all here. How how's how's everybody feeling? Everybody feeling good? Laron, how was your vacation? Uh, my vacation it was it was great it was great it was my first time ever being out in California so like San Francisco was San Francisco was a was a was a was a treat it was um it was definitely was it a something San Francisco it, treat 
Yeah. No, I did not have any rice and while I was out there. No. Mm. <laughs> Is it the other San Francisco treat? Oh boy. Which treat was that? You know, the uh, <laughs> the, 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 the insidiously cold weather. <laughs> Ooh, look, do, you, do you go to the Ghirardelli Chocolate Factory? Twice. Twice. Gary Daly Square. Oh my God. That place was that place was amazing. Like they and in Gary Daly Square they had like this indoor mini golf course, which was very freaking like it was unique because like it was all like all 18 holes was like different landmarks in San Francisco and stuff. So that was that was that was that was amazing. Uh right across that was a uh, was it was an arcade. Um so like you know, like uh my boyfriend and I we spent we we, we divided up our time between both the, the mini golf and the arcade place and stuff like that. Um like he's a he he crushed me in the Star Wars pinball game, which I'm I'm kind of fuming about, but uh but I wiped the floor of him in Dance Dance Revolution, so there's that. Um I love Ghirardelli. Oh yeah, Ghirardelli's I I, I didn't I didn't even. It, I, I I still didn't get can't get the answer to the question. Like, is Ghirardelli is the Ghirardelli chocolates from that place, or like is that an import from from Italy? You know, like what what is? I still never got that answer. Uh, I don't know. I don't pay attention. It just tastes good. It's just delicious. Wait. So yeah. Here's the question: Ghirardelli or Lint? Ghirardelli. Ghirardelli. Lint does Lint does too much. They 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 do too much. I don't even know uh, what Lint is. So. It's those little, it's the little, it's the little de- decadent chocolate balls that that usually have like they have all sorts of stuff in them, but but and, but most of it is always hazelnut and um and that gives me like numb tongue, so like mm. I can't eat that stuff. Mm. Pass. Go Cadbury into that mix. Cadbury wins. Mm. I don't. I've never had. A I, don't, no, I don't know. I don't know. Gir- Ghirardelli. I don't know. Like that's some really smooth. What the hell was that? That's some know. really smooth chocolate. So what was it, Oh. A screw just popped out of my headphones. Oh no, Leron's Leron's falling apart. He leaves for five seconds. Everything's falling apart. Okay, mm-hmm. that will that will to be determined later. Ghirardelli yeah. is good and all, but have you ever had a Cadbury cream egg? No. Yeah, yeah, I have them. I have them every you year around Easter time. I've never had a Cadbury egg. What? That's sacrilege. You at least have it. It's just like a thing. That's what I Corey hear. is like. Corey's like the most out of touch white guy I've ever met. I'm the worst. We will promote mutiny here. Well, like, listen, it's one thing, like, if you had a Cadbury egg and you didn't like it, that's fine. Not everyone has to like the same thing, but like, Cadbury egg is just so American. You had to at least tried it. Hold on, let's 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 test something here. Wait, hold on, hold on. Corey's Jewish, though, so no, not no. Oh, (laughs) my wife. You have no excuse. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you I'm gonna ask you a series of questions real quickly here. Oh, I need to God, I need to see, I need to see how out of touch with your whiteness are you? French fries and mayonnaise. Yep. <sighs> what together? See, he, Delicious. He's, he's already winning. He's already winning. Uh, French fries and you're frosty. Yeah. I don't eat frosties. They're too thick. Frosties are too thick. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're not they're not melty enough to be a milkshake and they're not thick enough to be ice cream and it really it really bothers me. Okay, okay, you know what? I I can get down with that. I I can't. So, I I hate frosties on that premise alone. Okay. All right. 
I had a third question for you, but I'm going to leave it alone because if I ask that question, then people are going to be like, wow, Laurent is actually racist. So for After Dark, can we like do a round of how white are you? And we'll ask everyone this, even if you're not <laughs> yeah, white. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah, because apparently I'm the most whitewashed black just, person just like, like people would ever meet. Who cares? Red bell peppers actually, hot. I, kind of. <laughs> 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 Red peppers. Actually, I was going to ask. I was, I was going to ask you the. Uh, had, okay, you, you go to Chick Fil A every now and then, right? Yeah. Have yeah. you had? Have you had their 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 their, uh, their sweet sriracha sauce? No. Nah, I go with the Chick Fil A sauce. Yeah, okay. Chick Fil A okay. sauce. Well, well, you, if you never, if you never had, then it, then, it ruin, then it ruins the question. Because I was going to ask yeah. you. I was going to ask you, is that too spicy for you? Probably. No. Here's what you do, Laurent. <laughs> here's what you do at Chick Fil A. Uh-huh. You take the Chick Fil A sauce, mm-hmm. and you take the mayonnaise, and you swirl them together on the bun, and then you fold the bun in half and make it. I've all done that. That is amazing. Covered, full covered, I've, and then you do it on the yes. bottom, and then it just oozes out the side. Okay, I don't usually do it on the bottom, but I do it on both. But, yeah. You do it on both sides. You got to take the pickle off too. No pickle. No, I don't. No, I don't like. I don't like my sandwich being a hot mess. But I, I will. I will mix mayonnaise with the with the Chick Fil A sauce and do that. That's oh, so good, man. So, so yeah. Why I'm so fat, but that's fine. I haven't had Chick Fil A in a while, though. So Can't I haven't had Chick Fil A in a while either. Can't blame it on the Chick Fil A. So, oh man, good times. Where? What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about your vacation. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So let me. So let, we got let's see. Topic that I'm white. Everybody. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, Ghirardelli uh, Square went there twice. Um, saw the Golden Gate Bridge, but didn't actually go to the Golden Golden Gate Park. Um, I got I got pictures though. Like I like, I got clear pictures of it. That was the other thing too. Apparently, apparently, like that week that I was there was like one of the best weeks because there was no fog, there was no overcast. Like it was completely clear. You could see basically everything and stuff like that. Uh, went to the uh, went to the Sutro Baths location. Uh, hiked hiked Lands End Trail. Hiked the Mild Lands End Trail because goddamn, like it's so much hills and so much climbing and stepping and all that stuff. I'm like, uh-uh. um, let's see. Rolled through Chinatown, but didn't actually walk through there because I I think the part of Chinatown that we were at was not the was not the part that you're supposed to like. You can just be a tourist and walk through. Well, that um, and San Francisco's Chinatown is massive. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? Honestly, I, I feel like, honestly, at this point though, maybe and maybe it's just because I just didn't get a good enough exposure to San Francisco's Chinatown. I still feel like DC China, DC's Chinatown, and um, and uh, and uh, New York's Chinatown probably are are better. But but that's just to all you all you Californians out there. It's just because I did not have enough, spend enough time out there in San Francisco Chinatown. So so don't 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 come at me completely. But you know, like just just know maybe next time I get out that way I'll I'll do the full the full walkthrough. Um Steph- what else? Um Stephanie oh, showed me Boston's Chinatown, but she didn't let me go out the car door. She said it was too dangerous. Oh damn <laughs> You, well, usually at night it's dangerous, and it's only like two blocks long, so it's not worth it. Uh, what else? Uh, Man, you what? said so. <laughs> you, you said Chinatown, and it reminded me of this. There's this Irish comedian named David Nihill. I don't know if you guys know who he is or not, but like he like does all these jokes, like kind of bad mouth in America and everything. He's like, you guys, you guys put all the Asian people in a place called Chinatown. That's racist. We just let him live with us. 
it's funny. It's much funnier Maybe. when he says it, but it's funny. No, no, I, I got the gist of it. Oh man. Um, Good times. Uh, saw, saw Castro. Uh, w- uh, w- uh, went to the Castro area. Uh, went uh, went down went down Lombard Street, but did not go down the little the little squiggly like avenue. Didn't didn't do that, but saw it and like man, like there's no way there's no way you could have got me to drive that. <laughs> um, let's see, Lombard, um, uh, Dolores Park. Um, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, what else? Um, I'm trying to think. There was there's one other thing. But um, I'm missing it. Uh, it was fun though. Good times though. Good times. Like nice, nice hotels. Um, oh, our our car got broken into. Our oh, rental. I saw that tweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I got pictures. I meant to send. I meant to send to you. As a matter of fact, I haven't shared any pictures yet from um from what's McCall, from um from from my time. I took a ton of pictures. Well, I sent y'all the pictures that place that of uh the um the 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 Palace of Fine Arts. The Palace of Fine Arts. That shit looked like some shit out of Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, I dude, that I I wasn't joking when I said that looks exactly like, you know, in uh, Uncharted Four when you're like climbing through that first area when you're in the prison and you kind of go in the back prison. Through. Yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. it reminded me of. That's yeah, that's, that's exactly that's what it reminded exactly, me of. Yeah, it was cool. Oh man, good 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 stuff. Good good. Yeah, stuff. Uh, while we were while we were out there, we finished watching we finished we finished watching the first season of Andor. Um, Good season, but I did not like. I did not like when the season ended. <laughs> I did. I did not. Yeah, but I mean, there's going to be another season, so. Yeah, there's going to be another season. Yeah, it's, that's that's true. But I mean, I'm just I'm just saying, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Did this? <laughs> I mean, it was great build up. I, you know, it, it got intense. Mm-hmm. The show, no, no, the show, the show did great. Like, uh, like it was an entertaining show and things like that. It just. Just that, just the way they ended. As far as cliffhangers go, that was a bad cliffhanger. Like it didn't really, honestly, it didn't really set anything up. <laughs> it set up the birth of the rebellion. The People rebellion started already, fight, Well, the rebellion I mean, was they were birthed. but they were like secretive, and now like the public is like, we, you know, the empire, like the whole thing was about the empire tightening its grip, and you know, causing the public to actually rebel. Like before, it was all secret, like little guerrilla groups that was doing it. Well, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just saying, like, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Plus, I'm also, I'm also one of those people where, in all honesty, like cliffhangers can kind of drive me nuts because, like, you know, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying this would happen with a Disney Plus show, but there's always the chance that you end your season on a cliffhanger and your show does not come back for a new season. Very like true. It, cliff, cliffhanger. So, like, if you're going to leave us with a cliffhanger, leave us with the most ambiguous cliffhanger you, you can. You know, don't leave us with something that directly means we have to come back and watch episode one. You know, for the new season. You know, because uh, it, it's 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 just maddening. And you know, like years and years of watching TV and stuff. Like, it just I've I've become jaded about that stuff. You know, like when I hear when I see it to be continued on a cliffhanger, and I'm like, man, like you're you're just not even guaranteed to be back in like in like 26 weeks. You know. Because like mm-hmm. a lot of shows now, like you know, ten episodes and it's gone for a whole year. Now, nah, but Andor was good. Like I give it, a, I give it a four out of five. Um, it, That's fair. it was good enough. It was good enough that I had to come home and watch uh, Rogue One. Yeah, nice. Man, Rogue One. That I mean, it's just. I I still think Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty good. It's up it's there. Pretty good. Yeah, and this is and this is saying it it's, from someone who absolutely loves Empire Strikes Back. 
It's so funny because like the first time I saw Rogue One, I was like, why do people like this movie? And then I, <laughs> I watched it a second time, like, I don't know, like six months later. I was like, oh, man, I'm an idiot. This movie's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just me, me, though. Enough about me. How, how are you guys doing? Wait, so Stephanie, you're going to California, right? Yes, I am. I'm flying out to L.A. Uh, okay. To Is, okay. All right. Um, cool. Got an Airbnb. I'm just going with mm-hmm. my son. Uh, it's uh, like a guest house, so I won't be in the same house as the family. Not that you know it's a big deal. They have a pool, a uh-huh. jacuzzi. I'm renting a car. We'll be 15 minutes away from the park. Um, we'll spend one day at Super Nintendo World. I got the early access, so we're going to be literally be there at 7 a.m., which sounds kind of crazy, but coming from the East Coast, 7 a.m. is not going to hurt. Second of all, I'm pretty sure the lines are still going to be long at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's cool because you're doing, you're doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. Um, and then I got a two-day pass, so the next day, I don't know, maybe Harry Potter World or Jurassic or whatever. I don't care about the second day. We'll just go do whatever. My cousin also lives in L.A., the one I'm really close to, and he has a, a daughter around my son's age. So we're going to have a pre-4th of July cookout, um, just hang out. So it's going to be family and Super Nintendo Land. So this is my first vacate big vacation so to speak in in a long time and my first one with my child so well that's exciting you go have fun buy all the toys i don't know i don't know you gotta you gotta you gotta send pictures of like the food and stuff from nintendo land world Oh, i'm gonna be all into that shit super nintendo land yeah i'll be all over that shit yeah yes nice very excited for you I'm too big for Super Nintendo Land, so. <laughs> I get Ser- stuck in a pipe. No, seriously. There's, like, height requirements and, like, width requirements on the rides, and I'm too big, so I can't ever go. Aw. So, I got to live vicariously through your photos that you send to us. Sure. And quick side note, um, prior to this recording, I was kind of just struggling with my, my son because he kept coming into the room, like, every few minutes. So just to summarize why I was kind of doubting my life was I was trying to be the good mom and kind of cut down on like uh, electronic time because I gave him my Switch. So Mm -hmm. I said, no Nintendo Switch tonight. You can do anything non-electronics for a half hour. And then he decided to build something with a cardboard box, scissors, and duct tape. And all I could hear was like things crashing and ripping and him not knowing how to cut duct tape. And by the time he showed it to me, it honestly looked like he cut it up and taped it back up to look the same. Hmm. And so that's what I was thinking to myself. I'm like, was it worth it, Steph? He should have, you should have just let him play the Switch. <laughs> so. That's fun. Mm. Super fun. Great. It's okay. On the other side of this curtain is a giant cardboard box with paper plates glued to it because my daughter made a car. And then there's balloons and streamers attached to it and like all this random stuff. So, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. It's great. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So. Yeah, and then all over our house, all of her crafts. Such a proud dad you are, Corey. (laughs) Yeah. I love my kids when they're asleep. Um, So, 
Yeah. Pat, you got that cool statue. Yes, I did. I would pick it up again, but then I'd wake up the cat. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's the Final yeah. Fantasy's collector's edition statue. Yeah. There's not a, a lot of scheming statues where I'd be like, yeah, I want that. No, that's one that I'm like, that would look real nice. Yeah. This is my first like gaming statue too. Like I'd Ooh. never go like get collector's editions with the giant statues because they usually cost an arm and a leg. And yep. this one needlessly did. But like the Phoenix is like my favorite mystical like creature. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it first initially announced, it's like, I have to have this. And I love it. It is so colorful. It is so detailed. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm debating and taking it to work and just kind of putting it on my desk. Well, that's Don't nice take it to, to work. To Don't hear you, to hear, I hear the excitement and love for it that you have in your voice. So I could tell it's worth the mm-hmm. purchase. And I know what you mean, man. Like I saw, you know, Wario 64's updates and there was... Um, a restock of the Resident Evil 4 Collector's Edition, which I don't need a new Resident Evil. I have the game, but it has the Leon S. Kennedy statue, and I'm like, oh, I want Leon S. Kennedy on my desk, but I'm not paying $250 for it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Nah, I, I, I definitely recommend, if you want to get a gaming statue, definitely like get one for something you know mm-hmm. you will absolutely love and need. Yes. Like this. <laughs> so cute. Yep. Yeah, that was twelve bucks. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but I do have all the Destiny ones up there <laughs> behind me, and those are pretty penny. So I hear you. Um, I actually got rid of a bunch of them recently, so because I just don't care anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. So I uh, also found some cool, cool other things while I was going through some stuff at my parents' house. So I found the found that fable three collector's edition like book that's like like the game came in and you like open it up and it has like all these things in it these trinkets nice super cool speaking of books super quick sorry the final fantasy 16 art book was up for (laughs) pre-order and i shared it with pat it's not coming out till march of next year i'm like what the hell Mm -hmm. i'm like interesting but (laughs) i mean that might be a placeholder date too maybe but that's that's an art book i want Maybe, I mean, unless Final Fantasy 16 is getting DLC and they want to wait till the DLC is out because it might spoil it. Mm. Possibly. That's I don't know. I haven't finished the game yet. Question. So I, I think he intended it to just be a, like the fin- like the game being complete. Yeah. I think was the original intention. But I've also heard them say if people demand it, they will create DLC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think they just don't want to fall in that trap that Final Fantasy 15 fell into where they promised all this DLC and then they canceled half of it because nobody bought it. Mm. I got Although, the book that has the last four in it. I haven't read it yet, but mm-hmm. I have the ending part of the story and I yeah. will read it sometime. That's sad. I really liked Final Fantasy 15 a lot, but I apparently like all the Final Fantasies that no one likes, so I'm not a real gamer. If, if you like to, we'll have to talk. Two. I've never played yeah. two. So, like, like, like two. Japan two, not Japan two. Yeah. No, I've never played two. Yeah, that that's the one that I kind of stepped my foot down. It's like, no, nah, this wasn't that good. Yeah. Uh, I like. I mean, I like. I I know people like nine. I I love nine, but I like ten. Mm-hmm. I like twelve. I like thirteen, and I like fifteen, mm-hmm. and nobody likes those. So, apparently. 
I think the only one is 13, but you know, with all the hate that 16 has gotten, I cannot wait for people to start saying 13 is clearly the pinnacle of the final fantasy series before it started to fall. Cause that's how it works. You know, you got to give it like four, like three to four, <laughs> like iterations before they, like, cla- they become a classic. Yeah. yeah. Man. 13 is awesome though. 13 two is way better, but Oh yeah. Oh, so, anyways, uh, thirteen enough, had promise. Enough about that. We should talk about Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about sure. what we're playing. Final Fantasy sixteen. Yes. What a so I've, I I <laughs> so I was like really excited for this game. I was like, yes, Final Fantasy sixteen looks so awesome. Like story trailers. I tried to stay away from a lot of it because I wanted to go in like, you know, whatever. And uh, reviews started coming out, and they're like. Oh man, there's like no RPG in it. It's all it's just a 60-hour Devil May Cry game. I'm like, really? I don't want to play that. I don't want to play that. You know, and I'm I'm like I really like so I really like DMC, but I don't like any of the other ones. Uh I'm like I don't want to play that for 60 hours, so I'm like, oh, no, I don't I don't I I just all hope left my body for this game. And then everybody kept saying, oh, no, it's good. You should play it. It's like Devil May Cry. It's like Devil May Cry. I, I don't want to play it. And then Pat's like, just play the demo. I'm like, OK. OK. Mm-hmm. I think Stephanie told me to play the demo, too. And uh, so I played the demo. Whoever said this plays like Devil May Cry has clearly never played Devil May Cry before. That's all I'm saying. You guys are all dumb. Well, that's why. And sorry to step away for a second, but I, I do remember you mentioning that and like in our mm-hmm. chats. I have yet to understand why this loud minority is bitching so hard. Now, maybe I'm not the right person to say that because I'm more of a newbie with Final Fantasy. Not because I never liked it. I just, you know, I just fell in the Zelda camp and just went there, right? The only Final Fantasy I really dabbled in was like 10-2, and then I got lost and gave up. So this being my first true Final Fantasy that I will finish... From that perspective, I love it. But it's also because I'm more of an action person than an RPG mm-hmm. person, which it's still an RPG, but it is a action RPG with mm-hmm. real-time combat. So I freaking love it. But again, you know, it's just because it's, for example, not the turn-based one doesn't automatically make it a bad game. It's just not that type of RPG that you like. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I kind of struggle with... I, I just feel bad. I, I It's a great quality game. I had no bugs. It's beautiful. Don't, don't feel up. bad. Yeah. Don't it, don't feel bad. Yeah. Nope. Here's what I'm here's what I'm going to say about it because I my roommate my roommate uh, bought Final Fantasy 16, which is why my PlayStation is not sitting on my desk right now. It's downstairs in the living room as he plays it. Um, but um, but nobody nobody defined what Final Fantasy what Final Fantasy 16 was going to be let alone what any other Final Fantasy game is going to be throughout all these years and stuff like that these games started off of course as turn-based RPG games and stuff like that and they had the more traditional aspects of role-playing games but if you look at if we look at how role-playing games have evolved and stuff like that and especially evolved with the community and stuff like that I, I would be the first one to say it like I kind of fell out of love with RPGs because they got scaled to me. Like it seemed like the formula was all the same. The storylines were all the same. The gameplay was all the same and stuff like that. And something had to get shaken up, um, you know, as far as I was concerned, which is why I didn't take another back when monster hunter was touted as an action RPG. I, I told myself, this is the last 
RPG, quote unquote, that I'm going to play. You know, if it's if if it's if it's good, if it's bad, whatever is the last one. Monster Hunter proved to be something different, but that's not. We're not talking about Monster Hunter. We're talking about RPGs, though. Mm-hmm. I really did not come back to RPGs until Mass Effect, and Mass Effect, and I almost didn't play Mass Effect because Mass Effect, the original one, has an RPG formula to it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it had a more dynamic, like like interactive system with the story and stuff that made it much more appealing to me and stuff like that. And then more and more Western RPGs kind of crept into like my mix, like you know The Witcher and stuff like that, you know. And then I realized that I do like role playing games. I just don't like I just don't like the old formula of turn based combat, which is crazy because like I will get down some turn based combat when it's when it's a JR when it's a strategy RPG. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you give me Final Fantasy Tactics or any of its ilk, like you know Diofield Chronicles, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm playing that. But you know, as far as like you know um, traditional RPGs, like mm, mm, no, and, not really. And it's so funny because I used to play JRPGs all the time, and then you know, like I think I think. <laughs> Don't laugh. I think the turning point was actually Kingdom Hearts because mm-hmm. that's that was like the first cu- kind of quote unquote real action RPG that I played and it changed everything because it still had the menu system like traditional yeah. RPGs had. But like the combat was at the time, I thought it was fun. And uh, there's a lot of aspects of that game that made it feel more kinetic and more obviously more action based. And like ever since then, like JRPGs, there are a few that I enjoy and and there have been ones that have kind of like emulated an action type game, even though, you know, it's still like a turn based like Final Fantasy 12 is a good example. Xenoblade Chronicles, I think, is another example of like, at least you can move around the world while you're like, you know, while your yeah. attacks kind of mm-hmm. charge up or whatever. Hey, no, so, there. I mean, Kingdom Hearts, I that was my same experience. Yeah. So I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts because of the fact that, you know, like it, it, it was if you remember uh, when Chrono Trigger came out, it, 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 it called the, it, it was the ATB system, which is the active time battle system. Mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts basically was the full evolution of that of that mm-hmm. actual like mode of gameplay. And I and I enjoyed it because like, you know, like it was it was fast. It was frenetic. It didn't really it didn't really kill the pacing of the game because I mean, like, seriously, back, back in those days, if you want to pause your game like you just you just had it hang open in the window during the battle, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but with this, like, you know, like it forced you to keep the game moving and stuff like that. So, yeah, I appreciated Kingdom Hearts for all the for all the shit talking say about Kingdom Hearts. I appreciate it for that for that aspect alone as far as combat and, and, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um 16 though like i've been watching my roommate play 16 because like i'm not sure when i'm gonna play 16 i'm not sure if i'm waiting for it i might wait for him to beat it and then play it play it myself on my ps5 or i may just wait for the pc version because like i six months man i I feel like it's gonna be a year (laughs) well that the exclusivity time period is only six months according to the ftc ruling filing oh of course. okay well we'll get into that a little bit later we'll get into that a little bit later um yeah i know yeah but yeah but i mean um uh, i mean 16 looks amazing 16 yeah. looks like the game that i wanted to play when i first saw the preview what was it like mm-hmm. a year ago when they unveiled? actually wait it was like two or three years ago two years ago because it, about- it, it was at a playstation showcase that's right it was it was three years ago yeah. Okay. Just before COVID. Yeah, that looks like the game that I want to play, and it's still well. It looks like the game that I want to play back when I first saw it, and it still looks it still looks like that game. It which is, is that you game. know, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is that game. You know, like uh, like like you said earlier, it, you know, like sucks for Xbox that they couldn't get this, but you know, um, but you know, in all in all honesty though, like 
it's it's a market game. Like I think I've said that time and time again. You know, like when we're when I'm on Nintendo Power Block every so often, it's like you know, like it's it's market. You know, like mm-hmm. where they think where they think the, it's going to sell the most units or where will they do the most success. You know, and stuff like that. Because like ultimately, ultimately these companies worry about their Metacritic scores and all that stuff. You know, because this is how they get their money and their funding to make their next game and stuff like that. Even though Square Enix doesn't really have to worry about that so much, but you know, like for example, like some of these other companies that get ground into dust, like, I don't know what's going to happen striking distance studios after Callisto protocol, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I think, I think they're going to get to make a sequel or a, a follow up to that. I, I really do. Uh, oh, I think so. I think but, so too. Yeah. But they're, they're, <laughs> there's going to be a, a small, there's going to be a, a small leash on them this time though. Yeah. So, but final Fantasy 16, man, that, that was opening two hours are, it's some of the best game. It's some of the best game I've played maybe ever. And it's like, man, so I've obviously we've all kind of been playing Zelda, right? And so uh, <laughs> I'm like playing Zelda and then I download Final Fantasy 16 and I start playing Final Fantasy 16. And then I just get so mad because I want Nintendo to make a Zelda game that looks like this so bad. And it's like, oh, my gosh, man, this game looks incredible. It plays incredible. The frame rate, like I've been playing it on performance mode, uh, really. And so uh, it's it it juggles between like 40 and 50 frames a second, which isn't great. But also like uh, fidelity mode is a locked 30 and I like how it feels at the faster frame rate. So I've been playing that. But when you're in combat, it runs at like a fluid 60, (laughs) which is weird. Like the combat parts are like the the strongest parts of the frame rate. Uh, but yeah, man, this game is incredible. Uh, Pat, you've played a lot more than, than I have, but yeah, I would probably be pretty close to halfway through the game right now. Yeah. Uh, but this game is absolutely incredible. Uh, as a massive RPG fan, I am very impressed with what this game did. It, yes, I understand the gripes about the battle system. This is probably the most simplest Final Fantasy battle system you ever have to worry about. Like, it's really just mm-hmm. three buttons, you know, your attack, your magic, your dodge, mm-hmm. you know, and then occasionally they throw another button in later on, uh, you know, for like power ups. But, yeah. um, and also the fact that there are no status effects in this game. So, your first boss is the Marlboro and he was always known for his bad breath, which hit you with every status effect in the book. And now it's just, you know, damage. Yeah. So I, I can understand some gripes about that. It definitely makes like, takes away some of the uh, complexities that you had to worry about. But at the same time, like I feel like where the gameplay slightly lacks and I'm only saying slightly, the game is still very excellent in terms of its combat the story to this game is just unbelievable. It is the most mature story that final fantasy has ever had. It is a very not Japanese version of final fantasy. Like you you aren't like you may occasionally catch like a cool little pose, like of the, uh, the, the Dragoon who was standing on the, the tower top, you know, in the typical Mm -hmm. final fantasy manner. Yeah, that's a little Japanese-ish, but, you know, the rest of the game, you might as well just think you're watching something from Game of Thrones. Like, they speak and act just like a normal, like, mm-hmm. British person yeah. would. 
Um, the voice acting, absolutely phenomenal. Yes. Like, they grabbed yeah. amazing people for every single actor so far that I have seen. Like, not one I love of them... Sid. I love mm-hmm. Sid. Yeah. And uh, the cool thing, I like, Corey actually just... No, was it Corey? Yeah. No, it wasn't you. It was he... Uh... Was it you? Someone it mentioned me. that Sid, you know, also was in Diablo 4. And I realized, like, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's Lorath from Diablo 4, too. So it wasn't me. It wasn't you. OK, I think it was uh, I think it was Chris then. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, like from, he's yeah. this is the guy who does both of this is he's got such a deep voice. Like it's a deep it's a very it's a voice that you picture a mentor having. Like it's it's perfect, mm-hmm. you know. Even Clive's voice, absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. Like everything this game does is just amazing, and it's probably this could very well be one of my most favorite Final Fantasies. It might actually beat six. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it concludes. Yeah, this but is this game is. Uh, I th- the looks the look of this game. Like, like even the character models, even like, you know how sometimes you play a Final Fantasy game and like all the main characters look like they've been properly like, you know, handcrafted. And then you get to town and like all the townspeople kind of just look like variations of each other and not well defined or anything like even the side characters and the characters with no names or faces, right, are like completely detailed. And, you know, it's I really I really am enjoying the story and man, that the end of the demo, man, so like gut wrenching, you know, like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Yep. Oh, Oh, that, oh yeah. That reminds me of the other thing, the, the icon battles in this game, yeah. like uh, the director made a very strong point in saying no icon battles alike in this game that they are meticulously handcrafted, uh, to just be able to, you know, just be the most wildest, most unimaginable thing that you could possibly even try to imagine. Mm-hmm. It's like taking the Final Fantasy Advent Children's uh, final battle and literally turning it into gameplay. Yeah. Like, it is crazy. It, like, you, you almost, like, I'm glad that there are parts in the game where it just kind of lets you watch what's going on, you know, with occasionally, like little button prompt because i am just super impressed with like just how those battles play out yeah it is literally a final boss in every icon battle yeah it's it's really cool it's it's really uh it's really something steph do you like it the game itself overall yeah no i i'm really loving it i just got to the boss battle with benedicta and beat her yeah what did you think? Oh, it was a ton of fun. It was really just a just a blast. Like I'm probably not playing like a like a pro and chaining com chaining combos very well, but I've figured out my own rhythm, and it's like just so satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. And wh- who did I speak to about it or hear from it that someone was complaining that there were like boss battle battles every? 40 minutes or something. I love that shit. I love big ass epic yeah. battles frequently and it's done very well. Yeah. Um, not I don't, I don't think it's too easy or too hard and that's coming from someone who sucks at video games. So yeah. 
being my first like full full final fantasy i love it and i i will admit i do appreciate the linearity because me getting lost in the last final fantasy game i just i just want to be able to enjoy a story Mm -hmm. um and you know you still got a little bit of of stuff where you can pick your abilities and um select like what rings or badges you want to wear to kind of customize your build so to speak um and again just i can't get enough of you know the characters the voice acting i just looked up the voice actor for sid and it's actually an actor i recognize because his voice was so familiar everything about it like i i kind of forget you know when i especially when i play on the switch a lot that games can be this gorgeous and cinematic it's beautiful i took like a bajillion screenshots (laughs) (laughs) i imagine you did (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's 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 great yeah i mean look i love zelda i love the way it looks i think it's a very beautiful game but (laughs) it's just so laughably hilarious how different (laughs) you know graphics i just like oh, when I see Final Fantasy 16, Corey, don't you wish that that could be what the next Zelda game? Yes, like? yes. Uh, I, look at, I mean, I look at Final Fantasy 16. I look at Horizon Forbidden West, and I'm just like, I need a Zelda that looks like that. Like, why can't Nintendo just give us that? Like, you know what I mean? And like, I love, I love Tears of the Kingdom. I love Breath of the Wild. They are amazing video games, and they look amazing. But the look is because the system is so technically limited, you know, and that's kind of what is so I don't want to say it sucks because it doesn't suck. It's kind of disappointing when you look at, you know, what Microsoft and Sony can do on their platforms because they're so much more powerful. And they like, you know, granted, Nintendo probably has like a fraction of the cost of what these games cost, Mm -hmm. because I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the leaked amounts of how much the last of us two and horizon cost, but man, Nintendo's probably like a fraction of that, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> which is, you know, fine for their business model, but like, man, if, could you imagine a $250 million budget Zelda game on a hardware that could actually like do that? Oh, oh, yeah. but it's a, pi- it's a pipe dream, but oh. You know, Final Fantasy 16 is what got me thinking, and I know it's too soon for it, but like, what would be game of the year? Uh-huh. And like, I'm personally having this battle between Final Fantasy and 16 and Zelda now, because at first it was Zelda was going to be my Schumann, but with Final Fantasy 16, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe. I, I jury's know. still out, because I might still lean towards Tears of the Kingdom just based off of what it brings gameplay wise. Mm-hmm. But as far as blowing my mind with just awesome story and visuals and music i mean final fantasy 16 is well done which is goes back to my initial thing of like when i say leron like i feel bad not for the gamers i feel bad for the people that work so hard to put final fantasy six the team that put it together because these bitches online that are complaining about it don't know what the fuck they're talking about it's a great it happens game. it happens every time there's a it happens every time there's a blockbuster and um and and i feel like and honestly i feel like in i I could be in that camp sometimes because like I, I kind of skewer Square Enix when they're when they're pimping out like games that aren't Final Fantasy because like the quality of those games looks so fucking bad compared to Final Fantasy games themselves. Final Fantasy games in name, like like the main Final Fantasy games, because that Stranger in Paradise game, oh my god, that it had Final Fantasy name in it, but man, what the hell? You know? It was fun. But, 
people actually rave about that one. That game now. is fun. Is 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 it is it because the the joke is finally the meme or or, or what? I, I no, think the, the meme definitely. Ha- I think the meme helped, but yeah, it it, <laughs> it it's dark and different, and I think people yeah. like that. And the I mean, it's so it's it's like nowhere near on the same scale of production as Final Fantasy sixteen by any stretch, but like mm-hmm. as a as a sort of reimagining of Final Fantasy one. And like the combat that they did, and just like the way the game works, I I actually think Strangers Strangers of Paradise was actually pretty good. I don't I don't have real experience of it because all I watched were people's let's plays, and I was like, what the hell am I watching? You know, <laughs> it was literally one of those situ- chaos. Well, they they yeah, also tried to make a Souls Light out of it too. You know, it was like a yeah. mix. It was kind of like, you know, what it felt like. It actually felt a little bit like Neo, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, it was yeah, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but then you know, yeah, but then you know, like Forspoken, you know, like just ugh, man, like oh, mm-hmm. I wanted that game. I want that game to be impressive and stuff like that, and it just it just has not done the thing. I still, you know? I still want to, I still want to check that game out at some point. It'll probably come to PlayStation Plus at some point, I'm sure. And but like, oh yeah, I still want to like give it its due. I, I feel bad as we, I mean, over the last like couple years and over the last you know, really kind of us talking to developers and stuff and how hard they work and how much they care about these things. It like feels, I feel really awful <laughs> making fun of the games when, especially the ones I don't play, <laughs> you know? So, but also I did yeah, play I, this Forspoken demo and it was fine, but. I find myself at those crossroads too, because like, I understand like the developers, like, you know, like a lot of them pour blood, sweat and tears into, into the games and stuff like that. But, you know, there's also sometimes I'm like, I'm like, you guys are a triple A studio that have been around for decades and this is what we got, you know? You know, mm-hmm. I can understand like if you guys were like well like, you know, like a few years fresh, you know what I mean? You know. But some of these people and and like and like some of the talent behind Forspoken have been have been pioneers behind some of the most beloved Final Fantasy games and like this is what we wound up with. You know, I'm like, I'm like some of these names are on fucking Final Fantasy X, which is a, which is which is heralded as one of the one of the best of the next gen like Final Fantasy games. It's, you know, it's my favorite Final Fantasy is ten. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. mm. I, I like well, the colors. I, I got Forspoken as from a buy one get one free uh, deal at GameStop. <laughs> hey, that, so, hey, that's how you do it. But 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 I still that's the thing. I still want to give it a fair playthrough, despite of the the reception or whatever but it's gonna be one of those things like maybe when it's in the dead of winter and i'm finally catching up on something mm-hmm. so yeah uh but final fantasy 16 good game we'll play after i finish zelda i've i've mar i have to finish zelda first now though because like a it's our we got to finish up book club but b like if i start playing final fantasy 16 i won't go back to zelda for a while like you know what i mean and it's like mm-hmm. With Zelda, which I've also been playing a lot of Zelda, but like with Zelda, like I, I love it. I love the world and I love the abilities and stuff. I'm having the same feeling that I had with the division two where like, I really loved the first division and I thought I wanted more division, you know, and I got like 10 I hours. Loved, in- I love the original division. I, I know, loved it. man. The division one was so good. Uh, and like the division two was good too, but it's like, I already played a hundred hours of this game. <laughs> and you know it's not like it's not like it has an end game like destiny where you really want to go back in and be like oh, i gotta grind for the the epic ak 
47 because it's yellow and it's better than my blue you know i was like mm. yeah. fatigue is real i mean that's that's ubisoft has just learned that the very hard way is when you make all your games and all the sequel to this games almost the exact same yeah and it's like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also playing zelda like my favorite parts of breath of the wild were not like the main quest it was going off to do all these random things and I'm kind of like shoehorning myself into finishing the main quest for book club. And it's like, it's not prohibiting my enjoyment of the game. It's just like, I don't, every time I see something, I get distracted by something. I'm like, don't go there. You gotta go. You gotta go finish this thing. You gotta go finish it. You know? Well, my personal struggle with tears, of the kingdom. And after I beat the game, I actually haven't really picked it back up was I was more attracted to the main storyline because that's kind of what is the most different compared to Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm disappointed to admit that I don't really have much of a desire to go and collect more Koroks, get all the armor sets, do all the side quests, which were the things for Breath of the Wild because it was so novel that I was willing and wanted to do. I wanted to get all the armor sets. I wanted to do all the, you know, but I'm like, eh, I've kind of been there before. I don't know if I want to, I don't think I need to do that. I probably still will go back and kind of at least maybe mm-hmm. not the Koroks, but everything else, but the fire isn't there before because it's kind of the same thing. Like I was obsessed with finishing every single shrine in Breath of the Wild. I technically have not gotten all the shrines yet on Tears of the Kingdom, which is a little unusual for me. So um, I don't. I, I really I hate to say it, but I kind of hope that the next uh, mainline 3D Zelda game is a little bit more linear and and just it, change it up. Like you said, Pat. Like not do mm-hmm. Ubisoft and make everything the same now. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm all in the same boat here. I just, uh, I probably will go back to Zelda again at some point after I get the, uh, the hardbound strategy guide that's supposed to come out next mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that way I'm, I, I don't have the time where I could just like, I have so many more games to play. Yeah. So I, yeah. I want more of a direct route. Yeah. Yep. And I I mean I I want to I want to finish Zelda but Zelda will become the game that I play like a half hour 45 minutes before bed now, right? Yeah. Or you know, if I'm not trying to play something else, right? That's what it's going to become to finish up the shrines and the Koroks and stuff cuz that's what it was with Breath of the Wild also, right? Like I I found all the Korok seeds in the and did all the shrines and you know, did all of the quests, but that took me like months to do, right? Like I I wasn't sitting there like for three weeks just grinding away 10 hours a day at it right so yeah we don't have to finish the zelda right away we're not gonna get another brand new one for another like six years at least (laughs) right Uh, tears of the kingdom is definitely a marathon not a sprint game yeah uh so well let me ask you guys some questions real fast about tears of the kingdom like Mm -hmm. because i'm hearing a lot and i'm hearing a lot of people say like it's one of the most complex legend zelda games ever is that true Mm mm-hmm I would definitely agree. want a game that ha- gives you the most freedom out of any Zelda game. Mm-hmm. It de- okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I think the complexity comes about like uh, the vehicle building, you know, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. and like the the abilities they give you like asc- ascension like breaks the game <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But you know where you can like anytime you're in a cave and the ceiling is within like twenty feet of your head, you can go up. Uh-huh. And- and like I did that in uh, 
the the in the Goron city when I was like down in some cavern and I I went up through with ascension and I ended up at the top of the volcano right like it and that's how I got up there I'm like oh okay well this is where I'm supposed to be I guess right uh, that and um there it's it's kind you know it's kind of brilliant how Nintendo set up like the sky and the depth so even though the, there's not terribly much to do up in the sky but they're all kind of combined you need to do a bit of both because if you really want to do well in the depths um, you need to collect like the Sunday lions, which are generally up in the sky, because if you get your hearts depleted down in the depths, you need to recover them with ingredients found in the Sunday lion. And then you need what you mine in the depths to be turned into batteries to make stuff while you're up on the regular land. So like, it, it's a big kind of cycle that you go through. And, you know, with Breath of the Wild, yeah, there's several ways to tackle um, a pro- like a shrine or an obstacle. It's like exponentially multiplied in Tears of the Kingdom. It's mm-hmm. crazy. I saw a video of someone beating the crap out of a Lionel by using a, a, a floating block they made, attaching a fan, and then a wooden plank to the fan, and turn the fan on, and the wooden plank spun around and just beat the shit out of that Lionel. <laughs> I just stood there. Mm-hmm. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's also like, man, the weapon, the weapon degradation stuff really sucks still too like i still am annoyed that you can't just like craft weapons to make them stronger or you know even uh unbreakable at some point um but i think the shrines shrines are still the best part of that game those shrines are shrines are incredible they're even better than the ones in the first game you know uh and the dungeons were better dungeons were way better than the divine beasts from the first game oh yeah See, this this is why I'm still considering Tears of the Kingdom my game of the year, not just because it's Zelda, but the mm. fact that the, Nintendo was able to somehow improve upon Breath of the Wild, not that Breath of the Wild was bad, but they took that great game already, built upon it, and somehow created even more ways to spend your time in that game. Like, it's just different. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. As much as I personally kind of just, not complained, but just kind of lamented, like, well... A lot of aspects of it, it's similar or the same as Breath of the Wild, just done differently. Mm-hmm. Like with the Koroks, yeah. it's still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I will keep trucking along, but uh, I really want to play Final Fantasy 16. I'm like itching to play it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Leron, what are you what are you playing? Show me, show me, show me me the thing. On your fancy device. I'm not not playing. I'm not playing. I'm not playing any any actual like new or fancy video games. As a matter of fact, I am playing. I'm playing a bunch of old shit on the um, on the Asus. If you would turn on, on the Asus ROG Ally. (laughs) Like uh, okay, so uh, so yeah, I've been playing around with this. (laughs) And me. So I've been playing around this thing for for about two weeks now, and you know what? I will say this: this is this is this is what I've been looking for in a fucking handheld. Like you know, it plays PC games, and of course, you know, because like it is a handheld PC. Of course, you know, there's other things you can do with PC besides just play PC games. You know. So what you're telling me is you're playing Metroid Dread on that thing. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> Thanks for the idea, actually. <laughs> uh but no um but no like uh like so right now right now i've got it's like spider-man um the spider-man remastered um on here 
but uh but yeah like um i just went i just went ham with this thing like i just started downloading a whole bunch of just really random stuff you know from my library like detroit become humans on here the dead space remakes on here of course monster Hunter's on there Mega Man 11 uh i got some old school games in there like orion will the wisps uh war groove sonic mania jet set radio um stuff like that i've just been playing around with it and stuff it's an experience and you know like now i'm now i'm now i'm torn because now i want to put my hands on a steam deck just to see you know just to see what the major major comparisons are this uh you know you know between the two uh this is a wonderful experience though like with all the gaming profiles like you know like mod, you know like playing around with, like the performance mode and the, and the different watches and stuff like that and really like pushing it like trust me like playing this thing playing this thing like okay of course the elephant in the room is the battery uh-huh. That's the elephant in the room, right? That was what I was um, going to ask you about. Yeah. Okay. So I've been able to I've been able to play games, and they actually look very decent, and actually been able to get more than two hours of juice out of my battery. You know, from like one hundred percent till what it says you need to plug this bitch in because it's about to die. You know. <laughs> um, but I've also but I've also been able to like play it plugged in and play it full tilt in in the um, in the performance mode. I mean, I'm sorry, in turbo mode. And like Spider Man and Detroit Become Human look exactly like they would like they would have looked on their console versions, if not the PC versions that they're actually based off of, you know, stuff like that. So this thing is a powerhouse. Like I'm enjoying it. Like there's a like, was it, was and it, the fact that you no, what? was it worth the seven hundred dollar price tag of that thing? I'm gonna say I'm gonna. Okay, here's the thing about it. If seven hundred dollars is too pricey for you, I would say go ahead and spend the money on the Steam Deck, honestly, because like you're going to get ba- you're going to get you're going to get comparatively the same the same you know like bang for your buck. But mm-hmm. you know, for enthusiasts out there that you know they want like the the best portable PC gaming experience out there and stuff like that, that's what the Asus ROG Ally is looking like, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And you know, people are going to bitch and complain, you know, about the fact that it's on the Windows platform, you know, like when it should have been based off of Linux and all this stuff. But you know, as a person who like I don't give two shits about Linux, you know, like I know mm-hmm. the I know the I know the Windows environment intimately, you know, and stuff like that. There's no problems on this. And besides, if I run into a problem because I don't because I know a whole bunch of stuff about PC because I'm an IT guy, I can actually uh, about Windows and stuff like that. I can I can actually like diagnose and figure out what the hell's going on. If something happens, if I had a Steam Deck, well, actually Steam Deck uses um, I can't remember what what operating system is built off of. I, I actually Steam OS. So you know, like for people who are bitching and saying like you know like the wrong ally should have been you know on a Linux based you know whatever. Guess what? I'm one of those people that I don't know shit about Linux. So, like, if something happens to the the operating system side, I got I, I don't know the first way, way to diagnose it. So, it's a double edged sword. Um, but circling back to everything, right? Seven hundred dollars, yeah, because this is the Z1 Extreme model. Um, it, it, and I'm going to tell you this right now, like for people who are thinking about it, just go ahead and pony up the extra hundred dollars. Trust me, trust me for for the for the for the additional features you get for it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's only a hundred dollars. I can't. This, tell. Huh? this is what I ha- have to say without actually holding that in my hand. First uh-huh. of all, it definitely looks sleeker and nicer than the Steam Deck, just in my opinion. In my yeah. humble opinion, as a Steam Deck owner, it has a yeah. better name than the Steam Deck. I hate saying Steam Deck 
Number three, I don't know how much of a difference it is, but I just looked up the difference in weight. So the ROG Ally is 608 grams. Grams, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to think of what that is. Steam Deck is 669 grams. Ooh, nice. 60 grams more. So like it's also lighter. So I'm. it's not saying I hate my Steam Deck and I don't like the Steam Deck anymore. No, I still like it, but uh, it definitely has a design um, the ro- the rogue ROG ally the design is a lot more uh, attractive to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one thing I will say because the steam because aesthetic looking at aesthetics and stuff like that. Well, my my main gripe is that this thing is white, which means like I gotta I gotta you know like Racist. I gotta I gotta, <laughs> I gotta keep it clean <laughs> is the problem. I gotta, I gotta keep it clean. You know that's the major thing right there. But you know, in all honesty, though, like I've had this thing for I've had this thing for almost two weeks now, and um, it hasn't really gotten dirty. You know, um, would you like to opinion. get like a skin for it? Uh, 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 you said skin. Yeah, cool skin. I actually, would or or you, yeah, yeah, I actually would. You know, as as a matter of fact, I wouldn't mind. I, I would definitely love it if like I, we had a gunmetal color. You know, a gunmetal mm-hmm. gray. You know, it doesn't have to be jet black. You know, like I would prefer for like a grayish color or whatnot. Um, but you know, um, there's just so there's just so much about about this thing. Like I, like I said, I'm enjoying it. Like um, and I'm tinkering with it. So you know, like I'm doing things that are tr- that are basically trying to push like the limits of this thing because I want to see what the hardware and stuff can actually do. And yes, and yes, to answer the question that I know is in everybody's minds, but but nobody's asked it yet. Yes, emu- I am putting emulators on this real soon. I am. <laughs> I am because uh because who would I be if I didn't try to emulate something on here? You know, it's fair. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. I'm using new hardware to play a whole bunch of old games, but I'm enjoying myself doing in the process. That's awesome. It's nice yeah. to kind of get like a um, a person to provide feedback on what what that device is like. I yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I've yeah, been struggling. Some... I've been struggling to like. I'm like, do I do I even need like a handheld something like the Steam Deck or the the Ally, and like. I'm like, well, Steam seems too complicated to like try to run Destiny and Game Pass stuff on. That just sounds like a nightmare for someone like me who doesn't care or know how to do any of that stuff. I can teach you. Then the ally. But like I heard like, okay, battery kind of sucks. It's a nice device, but it overheats. A lot of the units are overheating and not reading SD card storage. And so I'm like, well, that's I guess that's like an early adopter thing. So like you're gonna have to take that risk as an early adopter as these units mm-hmm. become more available. I'm sure like the bad stock will get weeded out. Like, you know, but then it's like, you know, Xbox is really pushing this thing as their handheld, right? Like they're part they're partnering with uh Republic of Gamers to push the ally for Game Pass. And I'm like, okay, that sounds cool. But then I'm like reading that it doesn't really like even though it's a Windows platform, sometimes the ally doesn't read your cloud saves properly. I haven't um I haven't run into that. Okay, actually, I take that back. I did run into that problem for for a minute, and then I figured out what it is. Like you know, like for a lot of stuff, when you initially start a game, like you need to have you need to have like just really 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 intermittent like you know internet connection. Like once you get your cloud save and stuff like that, like you can turn the internet off you know at that point and stuff well, like I'm that not, i'm not planning on taking it with me anywhere i just want to like watch tv oh, while oh. i'm playing it you know or like i want to watch i'm watching a movie with my wife and kids and i maybe i could run a few destiny strikes so i'm just gonna 
throw Wait, up. Wait, you're here. watching a movie with wife and kids and you gotta run some Destiny? Uh-huh. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah. Uh, well, Awful but, um, it's fine. Yeah, but that's the thing, uh, you know. But you bring you bring up you bring up a good uh, a good point though, because like the only, right now the only thing I have tied in this is my Steam account. I'm actually gonna like run my Game Pass account on there as well as my Epic Game Store, because my my EGS library is is ridiculous, and I've never installed any of these games on on my because all I do is log in every week, get the free games, and just mm-hmm. move on. <laughs> you know, and there's six different platforms that you know, like there's uh there's 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 GLG, there of course there's Steam, there's Game Pass. Uh, Epic Game Store, Battle and there's Net. two other ones, huh? Battle.net, Battle.net, yeah. Um, people are playing Diablo Four right now, and, and I'm not playing Diablo Four on this, but you know, like, um, I might, I might drop, um, I might drop, uh, I might drop StarCraft on here and see what it's like. Ooh. I might do that, you know. Cool. Yeah, and um, there's one other one that I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting. It's, I, guess, I think it's one of the ones that like not too many people mess with, but you know, like it's there. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, you got yeah, me. but but yeah, there's six different there's six different platforms that you know like that you, you know this thing supports because it's a Windows Windows based system. You know, like you don't have to hoop jump to like get Xbox uh, you know Xbox Game Pass to play and stuff like that. And this is not knocking into Steam Deck because all I know is like the first the first few months though, everybody was like, "How do you get Game Pass and all that stuff?" And and you know like there's like these long like drawn out tutorials and stuff like that. Head to bossrush.net. Stephanie will tell you all, uh, Stephanie's <laughs> articles will tell you all about that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> actually. Uh, you read that stuff and it's long and everything, but 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 Stephanie got it done, which means like the process is easy. Yeah, if I can understand it, you can do it. Exactly. I'm like the, I'm like the antithesis of IT knowledge to Leron. <laughs> that doesn't stop you from sliding my DMs every now and then asking me questions, though. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> But yeah, but that's that's much love, Stephanie. But no, um, I would actually like to, like I said, I would actually like to get my hands on a Steam Deck, you know, just to just to do some comparisons and stuff like that, you know, and just to know for sure. But I, I feel like Corey, when they first unveiled the ROG Ally, I remember you and I both were saying, "I think I'm sold." You remember we both mm-hmm. said that, even though even though a couple weeks earlier we we had uh, what's his name from um from uh Steam from Deck the. HQ. Uh, from Steam Deck HQ, I cannot remember his name. No, uh, we had him on there, and he basically sold us on a Steam. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, look, I think, I think, I think, Laron, you and I are so desperate for some sort of high-end handheld game that can play the games we already own somewhere or subscribe to or whatever. That like, it doesn't matter what the device is, and and you know, I still think like the Steam Deck is a great device. Mm-hmm. My. My thought now is like there's two devices that I want. Do I wait to see what the second iteration of the Steam Deck is going to be now, or do well, I just well, bite Val, the bullet and well get Valve the... says there's no plans for for a volume two of the Steam Deck anytime soon though. It's because so they're still there's... trying to they're trying to sell units. Nintendo also says there's, they have no plans for a successor to the Switch yet, and today they confirmed that they're in talks with Activision <laughs> and Ubisoft to, for the next gen. So you know, yeah, yep, yep, uh, yeah. But that was the other thing I was going to say, right? Uh, this. Because uh, you guys, like, well, Pat, you probably haven't heard me say this because, like, you haven't been with us on the Bosters podcast, you know. But, um, but Corey and Stephanie have heard me say, like, the biggest problem I have is, like, you know, I have like this wonderful library of games on my PC that the only way for me to take them with me and, and play them would be to spend money on a lap, a gaming laptop that's the equivalent mm-hmm. of my desktop PC to do that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying the ROG Ally, you know is like is like that two thousand dollar laptop that i want but guess what seven hundred dollars is a hell of a lot more attractive than 
then, you know, $2,000, you know, plus, you know, mm-hmm. you have to carry it in a giant ass backpack, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and stuff like that. Just take it with you and stuff like that. You know, I can go, I can go to my mom's house now. Like you want, you know, I can go to my mom's house now and I have to worry about lugging a, a laptop with me, even though I will have to lug a laptop with me because I still, I, I run a, I run an mm-hmm. IT business. So I have to have a laptop with me to do work. <laughs> yeah. But now you don't have to carry two laptops with you. True, true. Well, no, because because uh, a few weeks back, like oh, Stephanie, you remember? Stephanie, you remember? I was doing backflips because I got Monster Hunter Rise to work on this beater of a laptop. That yeah. I have, and and you know, my only complaint was it runs at sixty frames per second because it's a sixty hertz screen. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. one hundred twenty one hundred twenty hertz a handheld right here. Of mm-hmm. course, Monster Hunter looks fucking amazing, you know. But you know, like it's built on it's built on the Switch, you know. So. Mm-hmm. There's that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my main thing with the Steam Deck is that there are games that don't run natively on the Steam Deck because of uh, security and cheat bot issues. Like, yeah. de- like Destiny is the game that I want to play in handheld mode the most. Right. Just because it's like this grindy kind of RPG that I, I don't I don't have a lot of time to like sit there and like, you know, I mean, I don't have a lot of time period and if i can like you know multitask at anything right mm-hmm. uh it'd be incredibly helpful to do that i think it's i think it's time i think i think i'm gonna drop i think i'm gonna drop destiny on here i uh and and see what's up yeah you have i, to haven't, let me I haven't even started destiny yet. i haven't even started destiny yet so like this is not i know a lot of know, people but... i know a lot of people not in turbo mode or whatever they're running it at 720p 60 on the mm-hmm. on the ally and said it runs really good okay oh game platforms uh game pass uh ea origin steam oh, origin. of course epic yeah. epic game store ubisoft connect and glg mm. okay or you player whatever the fuck they want to call it it seems like every year they change the name of that damn of, of ubisoft it's, it's called it's called you play now the 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 thing is called UPlay and the subscription is called UPlay Plus. So they're unifying the the synergy of the brand, you know. Till we get to the Nexus, yeah, or whatever Assassin's uh, Creed Nexus, yeah, yeah, yeah the, get... the Infinity. Oh, if I order, if I pre order if I pre order Starfield through my ROG Ally, I get ten percent off. <laughs> Ooh, nice! But you also will get it on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, no. So why would you why would you pre-order it if you just get it on Game Pass? <laughs> well, if you well, want to play it like well, seventy two hours early. Well, actually, actually, I said this. I uh, remember remember Pat back on the um on the EXP cast when we when we did when when I was on there for the showcase for you guys. I said like mm-hmm. I would actually drop money for Starfield. Like I would actually pay for an actual legit copy for it. I still haven't changed my opinion on that yet. Oh, I'm I'm excited for Starfield. I think yeah. that game's gonna be amazing. Even though he like came out and said only ten. 10- percent of the planets have life just to make it realistic 10 out of a thousand 10 percent out of a thousand is still like a hundred planets mm-hmm. so yeah that game is incredibly uh what do you say it was irresponsibly large is that what he said at some point i think that was the, i think that was the same the statement yeah man i man i gotta i gotta figure out how to come up with 700 dollars. maybe i'll get, get rid of my playstation um <gasps> You'll be after sorry. Final yeah, after Final Fantasy. Um. So, 
I don't know. I would. I, I really. I really want a handheld device of some sort. Is anybody playing anything else worth noting before? Because what do you play, <laughs> Steph? Nocturnal, and I know it's like, what's that? I'm still. I'm still championing that indie game. So it came out by Dear Villagers. I did a one v one with Guillaume, the president of publishing. Um, I bought it on my own. It's not like I was given a key for it. Um, but I got the notice that the, the game dropped. I wasn't able to play Nocturnal at PAX. There was just too much. And, you know, when you have too much, you can only kind of judge a book by its cover and, and pick what you can play. And I really like it. And no, it's not a game that does something groundbreaking or new. So if you're looking for something that'll blow your socks off, well, no. But it's a solid game. Like the game, because some people, like they prefer like story. Some people prefer gameplay. Like people would say Nintendo prioritizes gameplay over story, for example. Nocturnal is excellent gameplay. It's a mix of platforming. It's an action adventure. um, Really light RPG elements. I mean, really light. Um, Puzzler. Goodness, I'm forgetting. But you be, you play as this man that returned from uh, training or a war to an island, and every almost everybody's dead. Um, it's shrouded in this black or dark mist, and you use fire. I remember this. Puzzles. I remember seeing the trailer for this game. I remember this. Yeah, you light your sword on fire, and you just go. It's a 2D side scroller, side scroller, and it's a blast. And they they actually take the time to make the background interactable like when your sword's on fire and you just start swinging around you can set shit on fire that really is not not like consequential but it's fun set banners on fire rugs on fire plants on fire lots of different type of puzzles so it's not always the same thing there's some fights in there it's some challenging boss battles um everybody that is alive is calling you a traitor so you want to know what happens it's pretty tight tight gameplay that's why i I wrote a review on it because i i'm literally at the end with the end boss i just keep dying but i'm essentially there um what i mean by light rpg elements is if you collect enough ash you can kind of like pick branching skills quote unquote like increased health or increased speed when your blades on fire or increased time with you know fire on your blade so it's it's not fully fleshed out but it's 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 there. They got some decent lore as well. So I don't know. For 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 an indie game, it's got great aesthetics, great lore, great gameplay. If you if you like anything of of the genres that I mentioned, two D side scroller, action adventure, puzzle, platformer with light RPG elements, I cannot recommend Nocturnal enough. Cool. Gosh, my spiel. Sounds fun. Corey, I played one of your favorite games. I know, I see. Are you enjoying uh-huh. Pikmin 1? I am enjoying Pikmin 1. It is a little tense when you like look at the 30 days yeah. and knowing that you have only 30 days. But I have now finished 14 days and I have 19 out of the 30 parts. I literally yeah. only have that one, the, the fourth level to get everything mm-hmm. in that one. Like I cleared out the first three. Yeah, you can uh, you can hundred percent that game in seventeen days. I believe it. Yeah, I'm just not that like I I can somewhat multitask in that game, mm-hmm. but like 
I imagine once you kind of get the gist of like where everything is mm-hmm. and like what to expect, then it's easier to know which Pikmin to grab and, you know, run to the objectives. But I, I think I'm doing pretty damn good with 19 and uh, 19 parts in 14 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm yeah. hoping to get all 30. Yeah. There's a, I mean, there to do that in 17 days, you have to follow like a really strict guide and and really like know the layout of the land and everything right so mm-hmm. uh it's hard it's really hard yeah i'm glad you're playing it's it simple. Though. it's fun you know it, it's both relaxing and like you know frustrating the nice thing is that you know if you really screw up you can restart the uh the day and you know with the knowledge of why you screwed up and then make it better yeah so yeah does it look okay on Switch? I mean, does it look does it look yeah, like a GameCube no, it, game that's it, been up Yeah, that's actually what it looks like. You know, yeah. it's it it's an HD GameCube game now. Yeah, not like a uh, Metroid Prime Remastered. Not that pretty. Not that pretty, but yeah. it's it's still like it's not bad. Yeah, it's playable. Yeah, I. Uh, the only the only other game that I played besides Final Fantasy and Zelda was uh, I did start uh, Sm- uh, Smushy Come Home. Uh, so yeah, it's very fun. It's very cute. It's very uh, you know simple and easy to get into. It's super cute. So um, yeah, I'll be playing that on my plane ride to LA. That's on my to play list while I'm on vacation. I bet you can beat it on the entire play ride. Probably two or three times. <laughs> <laughs> well i think it took me like five hours to 100 percent it so oh did it oh okay. yeah okay that's longer than i expected it to be it's okay 100 percent, literally like finding everything yeah so yeah. I, I don't know if stephanie goes that far i'm not that smart if you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. do it for some humble onion oh boy he was, he was cool i'm glad we had him on uh, but speaking of people that aren't that smart <laughs> let's talk about this this ftc hearing with microsoft a little bit um we're not going to go over the whole thing obviously as the of this recording we still have one more day of of you know court hearings and stuff like that but uh Man, this thing is getting this thing is getting ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's <coughs> man the things that are coming out of this and like some of the leaks and some of the the especially all the documents that came out today uh, about redacted information about you know especially like how much things cost and like how Microsoft purchased uh, Ninja Theory for only one hundred seventeen million dollars and. Uh, how much Sony spends on their games and how much call of duty means to PlayStation financially really, which was a number that really blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> $15.8 million in 2021 billion dollars, 
billion. What? Gamers, what are y'all doing with your lives? Gamers. <laughs> Play something else. Go outside. Touch grass. This is like, man, okay, so basically Call of Duty is as big, you know, to like to like first person game or first person shooters as like FIFA is to like, you know, <laughs> like like the European Union. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's crazy. And like the fact that they don't want to include Nintendo. God, Madden isn't, isn't and... even this big anymore. Oh, I know. Madden Madden's gone way downhill, but they should make a better game if they mm-hmm. want people to buy it. Um uh so Laron, how are you how are you feeling about this? Who's winning? Who's gonna win? Who's gonna <laughs> is Microsoft gonna is this gonna close in Microsoft's favor, you think? I <sighs> You know, I don't think this. I don't think this deal is ever in danger. I think a lot of this right now is theater, especially given the fact that you know, like some of the people presiding over this whole thing are just out of touch. Because like there was a there was a situation where some where someone asked Phil Spencer, you know, is he the one that makes the decisions about like you know like how much an equipment is going to be purchased and who are they going to be acquired? And he's like, no. Like uh, the CEO, the CEO of Microsoft, uh, the CEO of Microsoft, uh, Satya, uh, Satya Nadella. Yeah, yeah, does that? The like the 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 judge residing over it did not know who Satya, Satya Nadella was, and I'm like, I'm like, dude, isn't that something you're supposed to know going into this? Like you're supposed to know mm-hmm. all parties involved and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. And he was there for all three days or what four days so far. Satya mm-hmm. Nadella has been there since day one, and they don't know who yeah. he was today when they went to. You know, or yesterday when they were questioning Phil Spencer all, all day. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. Uh, super embarrassing. Sorry. Uh, but also, like, man, did you see some of the stuff Jim Ryan was saying in his videos? <laughs> too? <sighs> uh, yeah. It's like, and you know, now I'm curious, you know, because, like, you know, this is almost <sighs> now kangaroo court is not the right word for it. Like, this is. Uh, the video the video stuff huh this is court tv this is watching like the johnny dub versus amber heard trial (laughs) yeah legit yeah yeah especially the video testimonial did uh did did jim shit on phil's pillow is that is that what let's just say (laughs) that the size dog that microsoft has cannot make that kind of a shed (laughs) that size of a shed yeah that's fair um yeah now, now, one thing that's re- that's really noteworthy, like you know, in this whole thing, is that um, is that Matt Booty, you know, they had an email from from like what 2019 or 2020, where Matt Booty said, yeah. where yeah. Matt Booty said, like you know, like Microsoft should just go ahead and spin Sony out of business mm-hmm. to to put Xbox on the map, you know? Yeah, which is like, you know, I'm sure he didn't mean it like that, right? I'm sure he just meant it in like we got to do something. Why don't we, you know what I mean? But like, you know, I don't, I don't think, (laughs) I think the, the overall point of business is to try to outdo your competitor to the point where maybe they just quit (laughs) at some point. True. Uh, True. But also, I mean, how many things have we ever said that were super over exaggerated like that? You know? So shoot uh, for the stars. You'll reach the moon. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I also think uh, Matt Booty does say things sometimes that are like, um, 
That's interesting that you said that in an email. <laughs> uh, but also yeah. some of the things Jim Ryan was coming back with <laughs> in emails that were that came out today were like, oh boy, like it, him and what, who was the other person in the in the email thing where they said Microsoft would have been better off buying an electric car because we're going to block this merger or whatever. Like uh, for mm-hmm. those that work in a corporate or office setting, I'm pretty sure this is not excusing anyone, but when I see this, I'm like, this is all of us at our own companies probably writing emails that if any of us were ever to be pulled into a lawsuit, maybe not directly, but just because of <laughs> not related to you, but they got to pull everything. Mm-hmm. There's probably some shit either you've said or you know someone else has said that like, you know, is not meant to be either harmful or whatever but is flat out stupid so that in context we all know it's either a joke or not to be taken seriously or literally but then when someone shines a big fucking light on it like in this case everyone's like you dumbass Mm -hmm. i don't know so again it's not to excuse it but i'm like yeah that's every fucking company yeah it's true yeah it's um and then they kept like the two things they were like really focused on, like hardcore, were Call of Duty and the Nintendo Switch for some reason. To, like, man, even everybody online was like, get out your bingo card. It's time to how, how long until they mentioned Nintendo Switch in the hearing? And it was like within the first hour of the hearing today <laughs> again. Hey, you know, you know, it's so funny. Like, I, I, I could just see Nintendo over in Japan. Nintendo, Nintendo. They're going to be in court. Like... They're going to be in court tomorrow. Nintendo has a representative going tomorrow. Really? Yeah. And I guarantee yeah. you. I guarantee you. At some point, Nintendo's like, "Why am I in this? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I in this? Who's going?" It's like, you already have our blessing. Just do what like, you need to. Like, 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 who's on first and what's second? <laughs> and yeah, who's Nintendo's like, home? we don't care. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> Give yeah. us a deal with Call of Duty. Fine, you know. Yeah, it's it's just like I got I got to look up who the Nintendo representative is going to be tomorrow. Me, He's like. Uh, Wait, you know, I get the Call of Duty thing. Well, meaning like I get why it's one of the more talked about things. I don't know. C- can someone please still help me understand why Nintendo Switch or Nintendo's brought up so much? Uh, because Call of Duty and a lot of, well, not a lot. I mean, m- some of Activision Blizzard's games don't make it to Nintendo Switch because it is technically inf- uh, inf- inferior to the, se- okay. to the new consoles. And... Uh, the Speaking FTC, of inferiority, <laughs> the FTC is trying to argue that Nintendo doesn't count when talking about console sales because it is technically uh, inferior to the other consoles and that a lot of these games don't make it over. And Microsoft also signed a 10 year deal with Nintendo to say we're going to bring all of Activision Blizzard's games, including Call of Duty to your consoles, including future consoles, uh, which, by the way, that's two slip ups this week acknowledging nintendo's next console which we're yep. going to talk about on nintendo power block next week uh oh I, I feel like i want to be on that show ooh, well, ooh, 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 ooh. well we're recording after tower casuals tomorrow night so uh if you want to stay oh no i know no, 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 never mind because, um, <laughs> reasons so yeah it's like uh i mean ubisoft slipped up and now bobby kotick kind of said something today about it so it's uh yeah, but which that... by the way, the, which by the way, the clownering is going on right now. Like I understand, I understand why why Bobby's doing the freaking the freaking soft shoe right now for Microsoft because like mm-hmm. he wants his paycheck and stuff like that. Well, yeah, but 
but like a lot of like like Cardi is one of I think Cardi is one of the main reasons why Microsoft why Microsoft's hand got forced in trying to do something as far as Activision Blizzard is concerned because like a few years back like he was basically putting a squeeze on Microsoft and Xbox you know yeah. to pony up more money you mm-hmm. know to be able to to be able to like get you know like like the all these features split. for Cardi. The yeah. 80-20 split and all that stuff, yeah, to get all these features for Call of Duty and to get day one, you know, to like kind of like kind of like Bogard, like you know, um, Sony's exclusivity, you know, to it. Which is know? a which is another thing too that came out where Microsoft is having to do that split across the board now because to keep people on their console and to keep them relevant because, uh, because obviously PlayStation has been doing much better and. Microsoft has been losing and to keep certain companies happy or to have marketing deals with them. They've been doing the 80, 20 split almost across the board on these big triple a, you know, some of some of Microsoft's problems were problems they created for themselves though. Cause right. like, remember back, remember back when the original Xbox came out and that, and I can't remember who was a said it, but basically when they talked about like the, like what, what, what do you call that old controller? The Duke or something like that? Yeah. The Duke, man. Remember, it's awesome. I love that controller. Remember how, remembers, remembers how someone got up on like a, at a press conference and said, uh, and said, uh, and said like our controls are big because like our our gamers have big hands. It was just basically it was an insult to Japanese gaming gamers well, and stuff was, like that. It was also like in that I don't know if you guys watched the Xbox documentary that came out a few years ago, but Bonnie Ross, who was who's the former head of three four three, was on and was like, we didn't play Xbox because the controllers were too big and they were like favoring men <laughs> because you know it was like oh, and then that's you know a lot of the reason. A lot of the reasons why the controller S ended up coming out was because a Xbox kind of ignored women in the foreign markets who have smaller, who are just generally smaller people, right? So, uh, yeah. Which I don't know. I like the Duke, but I'm also a large human, so I guess I don't. <laughs> no, I, that controller was big for me, and I have big hands. That controller was yeah. big for me. <laughs> it was. It was an odd controller again, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and, and this is saying a lot considering that I played around with the fucking Nintendo 64 controller. That thing was gaudy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I played with but, the N64. But, I, but you know, like, I, yeah. I feel like, I feel like honestly, like, Xbox has put themselves behind the curveball from day one. And now, you know, like, the chickens have come to well, roost, you know, technically, you know, because, like. I wouldn't say because, day like, one. I would, I would, I would actually point at the launch of the Xbox One, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh-huh. With like okay, the, that's, the always, that's, that's, with, that's fair. with the always online thing, the not being able like even if you bought a game physically, like your game was tied to your account or whatever, the license was tied to your account and you couldn't trade it in, you couldn't share it with friends, like the weird family friend sharing system they had or were trying to implement. Yeah, con- I, yeah, the like connect the connect always had to be plugged in and you had to control your Xbox through the connect, the TV stuff, like their entire messaging was terrible. Also, PlayStation came out. It was $100 cheaper. It was more powerful. Mm-hmm. They had more exclusives at launch that were, you know, aimed more towards gamers. Uh, they had and they had marketing deals with with companies like like Bungie and they got exclusive stuff. I mean, that's why, you know, when Destiny first launched, they had exclusive a ton of exclusive stuff on PlayStation. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people, you know, don't want to spend as much money 
on things. If they can get something cheaper, then they're going to go that way, right? It's just that I still think that's why the Nintendo Switch sells so well is because you can get a Switch Lite for two hundred bucks. You can get a you can you can find deals for Nintendo Switches for under two fifty all the time, right? If you're searching, and so you know, and that's that's why the in terms of like Xbox siloing Xbox off for a second, that's why the Series S is doing much better than the Series X is because it's $200 cheaper. It's cheaper. Yeah. And like I saw I saw deals on Amazon the other day. You could get like some sort of bundle with two controllers and I forget what the game they had bundled in with it, but it was like it was 229 229 wow. And I'm wow. like, for a Series S, that's inc- $40, an incredible $30 deal. And you get all that shit. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and and I just I don't know, man. I don't even remember where this conversation started. Oh, yeah. Like, I would say, like, with the launch of the Xbox One, like, they really screwed themselves and they didn't have the exclusives. Also, like, they forced Halo out, which was supposed to be, like, their saving grace. The Master Chief mm-hmm. Collection was broken when it came out. Halo 5 was not good, you know, uh, and, for a lot of reasons. And they just, like, that's and, when and Xbox... This was a layup. They almost put that almost put Xbox out of like they almost shut down the Xbox division. Right. Phil had to like convince. You know, Microsoft to keep the Xbox brand alive and they were going to turn it around and like, yes, they are finally turning it around. But like they lost the most important generation. Phil said that in interviews, right, with like building your digital library, getting communities together, having an online presence, right? Like all these things were done during the Xbox one PS4 generation. And it's, it's it's, the, the, the path to quote unquote victory is more narrow in terms of, of console sales than ever before. So they had to change their, they had to change their business model. Right. So they went to subscriptions Mm -hmm. and then they put their first party games on day one and like, yeah, they have a lot of great games coming up, but like you can't really survive on like, Sea of Thieves, Crackdown, and Gears 5, right? I mean, if you're talking about the Xbox One era, like, Gears 5 was amazing, and Sea of Thieves is secretly one of their, like, biggest games, but, like, the average person doesn't care about that, right? Like, the hardcore Xbox fans, they want Halo, they want Gears, they want everything that was (laughs) announced at this last showcase, they want Fable, right? Like, they want the Xbox games they love, and so, PlayStation pumping out exclusives, whether they're pumping out two or three a year whatever it the quality is there and they don't have you know even if you have to wait a little bit longer regardless of what you think of the games as games like the quality and the production is there and that's something microsoft's been lacking and so speaking of exclusives did you see the thing recently where where it came out it came out not so long ago actually so you guys might have missed it uh Satya Nadella um basically said that um that, that he's not a fan of console exclusives yeah and that was today yeah and he and he blames Sony for that you know mm-hmm. which Sony wasn't the first Sony was the first game in game in town that had fucking exclusives I mean shit like hello Nintendo you know. know hello Sega hello you yeah <laughs> I mean to be fair to be fair, Satya Nadella doesn't look like he goes home and plays games every night, right? I mean, he kind of like, I think he supports the Xbox brand and he's learned a lot because mm-hmm. the brand is important to a lot of people, but and Microsoft in general. But like, I mean, that's why Phil Spencer runs the show and not him, right? That's why people answer to Phil yeah. and not him, you know? And so, 
I mean, yes. in a perfect world, yeah, I agree with him though. I, w- I would get rid of console exclusives too because, like, I've, I've said it on this show, I've said it on Crossroads, I've said it on Pow Block, you know, I've said it on every podcast I've ever been on. The more people who have access to games, the better it is for everybody developers, publishers, mm-hmm. gamers, you know, everybody wins when like everybody has a chance to play all these games, stuff like that. But, you know, looking at things now, you know, like, okay, so one thing that I did take note is like Sony. Sony basically made a mad dash and bought Bungie, even though Bungie on paper is a high risk, you know, is a high yeah. risk company for them. Yeah. Well, know? but they the did th- it, but they did it in reaction to like Microsoft snapping up Zinimax Bethesda. Yeah. I also think like if you look at Microsoft's portfolio, games as a service is something they actually do pretty well. If you look at Sea of Thieves, State of Decay, Forza, like these games, their live service games are actually somewhere where they don't lack. So like, I think having a high burn rate with something like Bungie would actually like not be as valuable to them as someone like Sony who focuses on a lot of third person, you know, over the shoulder single player experiences uh, and is trying to get into the live service arena clearly. Um, And so also, I don't know if Microsoft didn't pursue them harder because they didn't want the backlash of like, Oh, shut down three, four, three. We want Bungie to make halo again. Right. And that I, I wonder how much that played into the decision too. you, you bring up a good point on that just because like, and I know that sounds stupid and silly from like a, a business standpoint, but also like, it's not really that dumb. Like everybody still, the master chief collection is one of the most played games on Xbox. Like still to this day, and Halo Infinite isn't even in the top 30, which is their newest game. So, you know, it's people love like people love Bungie the way that they love Nintendo or, you know, if you're looking at Sony Studios, the way they love Naughty Dog or Sucker mm-hmm. Punch, like they love Bungie. You know, I I mean, I'm one of those people, too. You know, I I love Bungie. I love Halo. I can't wait for Marathon. Uh, Halo 3 was like my second most placed, played game on on Xbox 360, right? Like it's it's incredible. So I wonder how much that played into it. Um, I mean, that whole list of studios though, that they were pursuing at some point or another, like Laurent, you sent the square Enix thing. And like, I don't know how serious that was, but the fact that they actually made up a proposal, like says a lot <laughs> at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, I, I don't know. I feel like we joked about it a while back, though, that like Microsoft was basically trying to do a mad dash and like try to get like, you know, as many as many companies behind mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, and stuff like that. You know, uh, Square Square Enix, just like Capcom, has turned around a lot, you know, so like, you know, like they're 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 not in a position where they want to sell. Like if they if they sell it's because like they just want to get out of the business, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> at this point, you know. Um, well, you know, I like, also I also wonder if this passes, if this leaves the door open for Sony to buy Square Enix. That's a good possibility. That's a good possibility because because Square shed a lot of studios to be more desirable, right? Like they shed IO Interactive. Yeah, they shed all like obviously all the Western like IDOS Montreal and and Crystal Dynamics. And there's another studio I think was their mobile studio that they shed too. and Embracer Group bought them right. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that was to position themselves to be more desirable to purchase because it just, you know, they can focus on JRPGs. They can focus on what they love. I think for spoken, regardless of what you think of that game was like the last of the quote unquote, 
we don't know what direction we're going in games, you know, and, and I think Final Fantasy 16 is like the pinnacle of where they want to move, go moving forward. Uh, and that makes them really desirable, you know? Yeah. So, um, um was there any... what, what else? Are they, what was... else were they looking to buy? IO Interactive, which that, that exclusive deal came out about Project Fantasy, uh, was really interesting. Well, did we mentioned Sega. Yeah, Sega was another mm-hmm. big one, which was I. Sega was another. I've been a big proponent for Sega for a couple years. If they want to break well, into I, the Japanese market and they can't get I was Square, say, games, that would be the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be the one. Because that would be the one. You have your kids' games, right, with Monkey Ball and Sonic. You have your RPGs with Persona and Shin Megami Tensei, and you have all your, them goddamn Yakuza games. Yeah, Yakuza, <laughs> like. I mean, we did a whole episode on like, what if Sega made their own console? Like you have your online, uh, your MMO with Fantasy Star, like Sega's Sega's quietly one of the bigger (laughs) doing like they're secretly doing amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. to to the point where like Sonic, like, yeah, Sonic is still their mascot, but like Sonic might not be the biggest thing they do anymore, you know? No, Shit, I, feel like, I feel like, like a, right I feel like, like a dragon is about to take over the world for yeah. them. Yeah, it's going to be Kiryu and Kazuma going to be standing right there. Yeah, <laughs> take teaming uh, the Sega logo. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I really wish they wouldn't have tried to do this agreement, but I feel like if they don't do this agree, if this agreement doesn't go through, this is going to like really hurt the brand in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah. But I yeah. wish I wish they would have taken that money and like spent it on other other studios. Like, yes, I would have loved Bungie to come back to Microsoft. I I would have loved them to have Sega to have a Japanese presence, right? Their only Japanese presence presence is Tango GameWorks, right? Uh, I would have loved for them to go after Crystal Dynamics and Idolus Montreal because that covers the third person action games that they so sorely need, and that also brings in IP like Thief and Deus Ex, and you could like get that you know with with idos montreal and how good those deus ex games were mixed with arcane with with dishonored and death loop and prey like you would have had mm-hmm. that immersive sim categories uh uh wrapped up you would have had you obviously have the western rpg side wrapped up aside from like bioware and you know what's left of bioware i guess <laughs> uh you know and uh what was the other one? IO would have been a really interesting one, especially if they wanted to keep doing Hitman episodes or whatever. Um, also, you're doing that Project uh, Fantasy, which is exclusive. Um, oh, also, the other thing that came out, too, was that Indiana Jones is exclusive to Xbox. Which is exciting. I mean, we, we knew that, though. No, we didn't. We didn't know. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure we knew that was exclusive to Xbox. We didn't. It was it was brand new. We we thought it might be after but we didn't know if disney would want them to keep it multi-platform mm-hmm. uh, but they reworked the deal after the the merge. yeah they reworked the deal yeah, yeah after the bungee thing so uh but yeah man there's there's a lot of other names uh thunderful was on that list wait 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 uh, uh shut the front door where is that list because there's a ton of <laughs> hold up hold on like they just they just dropped ghouls and ghosts to switch online yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. So long, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I guess that's uh, it. <laughs> on it right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Landstalker. What the? Re- what? Revenge oh, Shinobi? Here we go. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm out of town for a week? <laughs>
<laughs> Jeez. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I, I feel like I feel like if this deal doesn't go through, this is really going to hurt Xbox in a lot of ways that may not mm-hmm. be prevalent initially, but may show itself later. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's going. You're going to see the vultures circling if this. I, I feel like I feel like honestly, like the the theater that's happening here with the FTC with the FTC tri- uh, trials right now. Like I I don't I, I don't think that's gonna hurt them unless like some bombshells come out. Like because right now it right now it's looking like it's looking like they're they're putting egg on Jim Ryan's face. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Ryan. You know, for the most part, has done what he was supposed to do and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I do feel that you know, like because he did a video he did a video interview versus an in-person interview this probably hurts him more you know in mm-hmm. the long run but but honestly i feel like i feel like this this deal is going through but i think i think there's going to be some repercussions there's going to be some stuff that you know because uh what doesn't this thing the chickens come to roost what july 18th for microsoft like the like 17th, the rulings happen yeah. oh the 17th okay yeah um I feel like there's going to be some stipulations. Number one, like Call of Duty, like they're not even they're not even going to be able to get a ten year deal. Like they're gonna they're well, gonna they're gonna be forced they're gonna be forced like as long as Call of Duty is a game that comes out, like mm-hmm. it's gonna to have to be on multi platform no matter what. Yeah. Even if that means it goes to your direct competitor. I, because, oh, that was that was a revelation right there, right? Because of um because because uh because Microsoft owns certain studios now. PS Five dev dev kits didn't make it to certain to certain studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, why like Minecraft, Minecraft doesn't have a PS5 uh, PS5 version. Yeah, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and you know, like you know, say what say what you will. Like you know, like that's like that's like Corey. If like if like you and I were 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 brainstorming to create like a brand new piece of electronics and stuff like that, you know, like we wouldn't walk it across the street to IGN. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, some of the stuff is is just it's ridiculous it's it's crazy i think i think some of it's ridiculous but thing, a lot of it's also common sense some of the yeah. stuff if people if people will stop fanboying for a second they'll mm-hmm. understand this is common sense for some of it you yeah know? here's here's the thing if this goes through i think games like i think a lot of the games like call of duty diablo overwatch uh any whatever else like big multiplayer multi-platform games need to stay multi-platform and i think microsoft has already said as much really in this hearing right like uh, the email came out that phil said that those games would stay multi-platform uh he even quote unquote what uh swore by oath that as long as you know call of duty is being made it'll come to playstation and as long as there's a playstation call of duty will come to it at the hearing uh, a couple days ago and so, you know, that's that's where I'm at. I think unless like some of these smaller studios like uh, Toys for Bob, if they made like a banjo game, right, like that would obviously be Xbox exclusive. You know, if they're working on Microsoft IP, then those are going to be Xbox exclusive. But like, I think some of these multi-platform games have to stay multi-platform. Like if there's a Diablo five sometime in the next 20 years, like that'll probably be multi-platform. I think Activision Blizzard largely is going to act independent of Microsoft uh, for the most part in terms of the games being made and what platforms they're on. 
unless 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 Jimbo doesn't provide the PlayStation Six dev kits like he said he wasn't. Hey man, to. hey man, it's funny. It's funny watching watching Uncle Phil and Daddy Jim do the slap fight though. Like it's yeah. funny. <laughs> uh, did you see the meme? Hey, did you see the meme? The Yakuza Phil meme going around. No, I've not seen no. that. <laughs> no, let's work. He co- he commented on it too. Oh my god, Yakuza Yakuza Phil. <laughs> yeah, Phil. Yeah. No, not Yakuza Philippines. You stupid. Yeah, I know. I, I got that too. Here, I'm putting the leak in the chat. Oh no. <laughs> That's Lottie. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. That tweet is so funny. Oh, it's so good. The, the <laughs> hilarity. Yeah. So, I mean, any any final thoughts on this before we kind of wrap this up? I know we've been, kind of been going a little long. I know. Um, yeah. This is this is a, this is the longest this is the longest show, but uh. <sighs> Well, going back real fast to what you said about like, you know, like the stuff that was already multi-platform and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's kind of where the the trust eroded overall because like for example, you know, okay, so it looked like it looked like Starfield was was pointing in the direction of being a PS5 exclusive and not coming to Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. But it wasn't actually confirmed or whatnot. So stuff like that, you know. So the bad faith well, stuff Well, did they that confirm happened, it on like the second day where they were talking about Starfield exclusivity and uh, Microsoft said that PlayStation was paying Bethesda to keep it exclusive, just like Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. So they felt like they had to buy. The oh, content. to keep it exclusive. Okay, mm-hmm. I I read it. I read it differently. I thought yeah. they paid for like the for like the limited, the you know, like the the short term exclusivity yeah, and whatnot. No, I mean Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo are both supposed to be PlayStation exclusives until Microsoft bought Bethesda. Okay. Okay. So. Well, I mean, and that's the thing about it too. Like, you know, like Microsoft, you know, Microsoft made a power play, you know, to buy, which I respect that, you know, like, you know, like to keep yourself viable and stuff. If you have the money, if you have the money to invest in it, you invest in it, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is why we've, we've seen like all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Like I mentioned the, the Bungie buyout, you know, from, you know, with Sony and stuff like that, you know, um, it's just, a lot of it just wound up looking bad faith because like, look what happened. Like, you know, like, like Sony bought Bungie, but destiny is not going anywhere. Like people can still play it on any platform, mm-hmm. you know? As, yeah. You know, Marathon nothing. is also confirmed multi-platform and so is matter, which is their third yeah. IP they're working on. Yeah. So like, so like it seems like, and I guarantee you people are going to be up in their comments like, Oh, Leron, the Sony pony and all that stuff. What the fuck ever, you know, because like I'm, I'm all about, I, I'm all about fair play and stuff like that, you know? You know, like, yeah, I always two sides it because, you know, like I always I always give Ed shit about why the Mass Effect, you know, like uh, like the Legendary Edition is not on the Switch. You know, I give him shit about that. But at the same time, I also see how things play out and how things work. You know, like mm-hmm. if things are if things are initially announced to be multi-platform, you know, and when I say multi-platform, that means it has to be announced, including the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> poor, poor Nintendo Switch, you know, um, if things are announced to be multi-platform, like. You gotta keep the faith. You can't erode the trust and stuff like that because, like, ultimately, what you do is you you basically make 
gamers themselves like start their heads start spinning and stuff like that you know to the point where they'll actually hate your company which is which is we saw a little bit of that backlash earlier in the year where all of a sudden people were just like we're just like attacking like either microsoft or attacking sony behind all this stuff that's going on stuff like that so i'm kind of glad this stuff is happening right now at the ftc and all these leaks are happening stuff like that so we actually get to uh, look behind the behind the curtain you know see what's going on because because when us gamers don't know shit we jumped to some crazy ass conclusions. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, uh, I would say that out of all this, like it just reveals that, you know, council wars are stupid and that both of them are corporations. You know, they, they both like are going to pull some rotten moves. Activision probably being the biggest dick out of all of them you know, with trying to pit them together and use that leverage. Mm-hmm. But that's that's how businesses are run. And yeah. it, it sucks that it's profit over gamers. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at the at the end of the day, it's a business, right? And they got to do the business, see things. But yeah. Hmm. Any final thoughts, Stephanie? Sorry, I kind of interrupted you. Accident. No, it's okay. I mean, I said my piece. Um, I mimic exactly what Pat said, and I kind of am leaning kind of towards that same thought, Corey. I think overall, I think I think it'll go through. There'll mm-hmm. definitely be some stipulations, and I I also take a bit from Laurent about a lot of this being theatrics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know. yeah. I wonder. I wonder how this is all like. I wonder how many people are buying into the optics of this too. You know, like how many, like the, the console wars, yes, they're stupid, but there's still people that participate in them. Right. And it's like, well, how many view Microsoft as the bad guy here and are going to support PlayStation and how many people view Microsoft as like the underdog. So they're going to go support them and be super fans. Right. And, you know, this is no different than American politics. You know, you're gonna have yes. like all, all the dirt. <laughs> Thank that you for you, saying that. You can literally throw as much dirt as you want, or reveal as much dirt and skeletons and like documents in someone's closet, and they're still gonna believe 100 percent that that person's their savior. Yeah, exactly. If anything, this is just bringing out. I mean, gamers already can be really toxic and ugly. I think mm-hmm. this is drawing out a lot of ugly in people. Mm-hmm. To use one of my favorite political terms, and then we can wrap this up. When you put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I, thank, I do have, thank you, Barack Obama. <laughs> I do have one more question, but it's not related to Xbox, if that's okay. Yeah. So tomorrow is the Annapurna showcase, mm-hmm. which for, for me, I'm excited about, and I will miss because I think I'll be at the airport, but... Um, you better get on that Wi-Fi. That twenty-five dollar <laughs> like, cross-country Wi-Fi, gross. Do you think that there'll be any mention of Annapurna's collab for Silent Hill, or do you think they're going to leave that to the, a Silent Hill specific transmission, like last time? I, Ooh. I think that could. I think that could be announced tomorrow. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Annapurna is one of the the, the collaborators. Yeah. <gasps> They what showed... if that last black and white picture with the cat? What if that's part of the Silent Hill? Well, it wasn't that Stray. Wasn't that just Stray? It was. Yeah, well, I mean yeah, Stray's I... Stray's coming to Xbox. That's. Like... I hope there's more than that, though. I hope there's DLC. D meowsy. No. That's ah! bad. Okay, that's it. Uh, so all right. Well, 
let's get out of here. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of the Boss Rush Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Boss Rush Network. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube for the first time, subscribe to the channel. If you're if you want to, you know, know when the podcast goes up, you can hit the bell. Hit the bell. Ding smash dong. the bell. Ding dong. The say. Uh, you can also listen to us on podcast services. You can get us uh, early uh, for a dollar on Patreon, along with some other goodies. Uh, our shout out spotlight episode with uh, Jeff Gardner went up this week with me and Leron. Uh, go listen to it. It was a uh, it was an awesome conversation. Uh, coming up, Pat and I talked to uh, Chris Bergman from Siley Game or Guyly Games. Siley Games. Guyly Games. Uh, last night, that episode should be coming out soon. Stephanie and I also did one with Ed with Way Forward, which is out also. Uh, you and Pat did one with uh, Black Tabby Games, which is out. So a lot of developer spotlights coming up. Very, very excited about one in particular. Uh, TBD on that, though. Just going to leave it there. So, Pat, Stephanie, Laurent, thank you for your time tonight. I appreciate you all. Of and course. I appreciate yep. you all out there listening. We love you. Until next time. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. So long. The Boss Rush Podcast is a product of Boss Rush Media, LLC, and is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio. This show is produced, written, and directed by me, Corey Dierig. My co-hosts are Stephanie Klimov, Laurent Dawkins, and Edward Varnell. You can find Stephanie at Klimov underscore author on Twitter and Instagram, as well as on the EXP cast. You can find Laurent at Exodus803 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, and also on Crossroads, the video game podcast. You can find Edward at that retro code on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting Nintendo Power Block. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Corey and HD, and find me hosting Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast, and co-hosting Nintendo Power Block. Find the Boss Rush Podcast on all social media platforms at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.